In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Happy Palm Sunday. On this day, the church celebrates the triumphant entry of our Lord into Jerusalem. And Palm Sunday is one of seven major feasts of the church. And as you've probably heard many times, the major feasts are significant because these feasts are necessary for... Necessary for salvation. So this means that the celebration of Palm Sunday today is necessary for salvation. And I was thinking, why is Palm Sunday necessary for salvation? Why? Palm Sunday is necessary for salvation because today we proclaim that Christ is King. Christ is King. And the prophecy of Zechariah makes it very clear. He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just. He is just. This is the part we don't uh, often like. We usually... He is just in having salvation. He is just in having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Throughout the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, He was always speaking about... A kingdom. He was always speaking about a kingdom. Speaking about the kingdom of heaven. When he commissioned the disciples to go out and preach, he said, The kingdom of heaven is near. And when he would teach and give parables, they were always about the kingdom of heaven. And even when he taught them how to pray, he taught them saying, Our Father who art in heaven, Thy kingdom come. Yeah, thy kingdom come, means he's a king. He's always talking about a kingdom, always talking about a kingdom. And when the Lord was on trial before Pontius Pilate, the whole trial, the whole idea that they were trying to get Jesus on was that he made a claim to be a a king. And Pilate asked him, are you a king of the Jews? And the Lord replied, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not... That's going to drive me crazy. So that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not... But now my kingdom is not from here. Just Ashan Khatri. Their sound is going to drive me nuts. Craft time by then. Okay? Thank you. Jesus answered and said, You rightly say that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and of this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then later, when Pilate tried to release the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Do you want me to crucify your king? And they said, We have no king but Caesar. And then, you know, Pontius Pilate, he wrote on the cross, 
king of the Jews. The whole idea about the Lord Jesus Christ was that He is king. He is king. And that's why I want to speak today about the Lord Jesus Christ being the best king. The best king. And I want to share with you several reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the best king. He is the best king because He is the most powerful Savior. The most powerful Savior. He is the deliverer, as Zacharias said. The Lord's journey into Jerusalem reminded me of the journey of the Israelites to the promised land. Weren't the Israelites, they were trying to get to the promised land? The promised land, hey, Jerusalem. So the Lord's entry into Jerusalem reminded me of the journey of the Israelites to the promised land. The Israelites, they were slaves. Not afraid, they were slaves. Slaves. They were captives. They were oppressed. They were ruled by a merciless king. Merciless, ugly king. And although he was, and they thought he was the most powerful person in the world. Actually, the ancient Egyptians used to regard Pharaoh as, as a god. And God wanted to show the Israelites that this Pharaoh is not God. Actually, there is a God more powerful than Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's power is no match for the power of God. As if God said, I will no longer let my people be oppressed by this awful king. I will save my people. The crowds today, when they saw the Lord coming into Jerusalem, they recognized that there was a Savior coming. And that's why they proclaimed, Hosanna or Osanna means save us, save us now. When the, cry, the, when the crowds cried out, Osanna, son of David, the people were crying out for a victorious king. And the question that we need to ask ourselves today is, is Jesus king of my life? Is Jesus king of my life? Or am I still slave of sin? Am I still in Egypt, in slavery, under the oppression of a wicked king? Or is Jesus the king of my life? And St. Paul, he makes this point in many of his epistles. For example, in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, You were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to another king. king, the other king, who? Ish. The other king. Who's the other king? He says, You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's this other king? Satan. There's another kingdom. The kingdom of Satan. And the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves, all of us, conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind. And then Ismaudi, focus here. That we were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. We were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. St. Paul is speaking about the other kingdom. Speaks about the prince of the power of the air, the devil. And those who are of his kingdom are the ones who, uh, who live according to the lust of the flesh. And similarly, in Romans 7, St. Paul, he makes the same point. He says, even though the desire 
to do good is in me. I want to do good. Into you want to do good? I want to do good. But I am not able to do it. I don't want to do the good. I don't do the good I want to do. I don't do the good I want to do. Instead, I do the evil that I do not want to do. You know what St. Paul's conclusion was? He says, I'm trying to be good, but I can't be good. He says, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Oh, what a wretched man that I am. I'm a little slave of a king who's uh, the worst king ever, the devil. But actually, the, the answer like the, the answer to St. Paul's question, Oh wretched man, oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? St. Paul asked, who will deliver me from this body of death? Actually, the answer to this question is found in the prophecy today. Christ our King, He came to take us captive. No longer should we be slaves of sin. No longer should we be slaves of sin. No longer should we be citizens of the devil's kingdom because we have a new king a new king the other day I was sitting in confession with someone and they were struggling with sin Hento, do you struggle with sin? Or? Fish had struggles with sin Hento, don't struggle with sin? no? Fish? so one person was struggling it wasn't, then it wasn't anybody from here someone in Barra someone struggling with sin I was speaking to someone struggling with sin. And this person, I asked this person, is Jesus king of your life? Is Jesus king of your life? Did you try Jesus? Did you try Jesus? Because you know, we believe Jesus is the answer. We believe Jesus is the solution. And one thing I realized is that many times we try every other solution in the book. Don't we try every other solution in the book before we try God? We try every solution. We try more pleasure, more materialism. I'll be more happy if I have more things. We try counselors. We try therapists. We try drugs. We try medication. We try everything. But we don't try God. Why? God is the deliverer. Try God. Try God. I asked this person, did you try God? They said, eh. Eh, not really. Try God and you will have deliverance. Ask Him to deliver you from anxiety. Ask Him to deliver you from the addictions of lust and, and pornography and all the stuff that is so prevalent in our society. He is so powerful. He is able to save. Trust in Him. Trust in the process. Some people say, I tried God. I know what you're thinking. You're going to say, I tried God, Marla. I tried. I tried. And I'm still a slave. I tried, but I'm still a slave. You're a bona, the words you're saying, Abuna, that's nice words for the sermons and stuff. But it's all just a bunch of nice words. Yes. I would say, in order to be delivered, in order to be delivered, you have to trust in the process. No one who's sick with like a chronic illness, he takes one pill and then fixed. Is it? Or you have to take like a regimen and you have to work like, like it's not salvation like in a moment. Actually, there's other people believe in salvation in a moment. Actually, we don't believe in salvation in the moment. We believe salvation in the moment and in the process. 
in the process. You have to be saved in the process. When Israelites were in slavery, did God snap his fingers and say, now go to the promised land? Or did he show them a process? When he tried to free them from Pharaoh in the slavery of Pharaoh, did he just marakira and then they left Egypt? Or was there a process to leave Egypt? There was a process. There was a process. There was plagues. I think God did this to show us there is a process. If you are fighting against sin, stay close to the church. Stay close to the sacraments. Trust in Christ as your king. All the great saints. St. Paul, you think he was saved in a moment? Actually, St. Paul says he spent three years in Arabia. St. Mary of Egypt, I'm reading like, I love her story. St. Mary of Egypt, she spent 17 years in sin as a, a prostitute. And she says, for the first 17 years in the wilderness, I struggled against the passions of the flesh. But these people, they trust in the process. And then she lived, she lived 47 years in the wilderness by herself. But she trusts in the process. Trust in the process. God is the powerful deliverer. He offers salvation. Make God your king. Number two, Christ is the best king because he is a gentle and lowly king. A gentle and lowly king. A few moments ago, I was talking to you about Christ's power. But now, if you were to look like we saw the film Passion this past week, when you see the film Passion... Say, Christ, where is your power? Where is your power? We see the soldiers mocking Christ. We see them slapping him. We see them put a crown of thorns on his head. They put a robe on him, a nice robe of Kedah. And they mocked him and they bowed the knee. And they said, you are powerful. And Yanni, I... <clears throat> Yanni, when I see that, I say, God, why don't you... Lord... Like, defend yourself. But to be home, like, like, don't, why are you taking all of this? Why are you taking all of this? Because our king is a gentle and lowly king. Gentle and lowly king. The only king in the history of mankind that would accept such humiliation and at the same time has the power to done with everyone. He's such a gentle and lowly, lowly king. It reminded me of Elijah in the Old Testament. Elijah was a powerful deliverer, a man of <coughs> Kedah. And one time he was about to be arrested. And he says, if I am a man of God, the fire come down and consume you. Guess what happened? Nest, Gone. Then another group came. He said, if I'm a man of God, may it gone. And then the third time, people are, oh, he's going to consume us. This man of God, we don't want to see. We don't want to see. And I was thinking, and even the disciples, I was sharing this with the elementary servants the other day. The disciples, they on one occasion, the Lord Jesus Christ was rejected at Samaria. And the disciples, they came to the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, should we command fire to come down and to, and to destroy the people of Samaria? And you know what the Lord said? He said, I did not come to destroy. What spirit are you from? The Son of Man came to 
the Son of Man came to save. We have a gentle God. He came to save. He didn't come to destroy. I love this. We are talking about St. Mary of Egypt. St. Mary of Egypt said in her story when she was telling Abuna Zosima, she said, Now Father, believe me, I am very amazed that the sea tolerated me tolerated the fornication that the earth did not open up its mouth and take me down alive into hell because I had ensnared so many souls I think that God was seeking my repentance he did not desire the death of a sinner but awaited my conversion that's why we love the Lord Jesus Christ because he's a gentle king he could have and finished you and finished me and we would have all been finished a long time ago But actually, he's such a gentle king. That's why the Lord says, Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We have a gentle and lowly king. The other day I was reading Ephesians chapter 4. Because we have a gentle and lowly God, actually, you should be... Gentle and lowly people. They the king, right? And St. Paul, he says this, and we say this every morning. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all, with all lowliness and meekness. All lowliness and meekness. And he parents, you're ready to be gentle and lowly with your kids. Be gentle and lowly with your kids. Be gentle and lowly with your kids. And kids, gentle and lowly with your parents. Like like the the annoying like you, they say a word and then you just want to Everyone's supposed to be gentle and lowly. Be gentle and lowly. Everyone to come gentle and lowly. Like our king is gentle and lowly. The kings of the past, they were not gentle and lowly. Fakreen, like the story of Queen Esther. Queen Esther, Kenneth Maruva, like so scared to approach the king. Because no one could stand before the king and live unless they were called. Unless you were called in to see the king, no chance to meet the king. But our king does gentle and lowly. He says, come, come to me. Come everyone, everyone's invited to me. We have an approachable, an approachable king. And a king that's sort of like in the Matins gospel today, we read about Zacchaeus. Or Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was like who approached who? Christ approached him. He is an approachable king. He is approachable. He approached and Zacchaeus says, What did I do to deserve this? And I'm a tax collector. But Christ approached him. This is the gentle and lowly king that we have. Lastly, our king is the best king because he is a giving king. Giving king. You know all the kings of the earth? They all took. Took. Taking. Taking kings. And when Israel wanted to have a king, 
Samuel was so sad. He said, and like God said, they don't, don't be upset, Samuel. They didn't reject you as king. They rejected me as king. And he said, and then Samuel went back and told the Israel, you, you guys want a king? And I did it. He said, you want, to have a king? you want to have a king? This king, what is he going to do for you? He's going to take your horses. Like, you're going to have to take your horses. He's going to take your sons and daughters. He's going to take the best fields. He's going to take your, the, 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 the chefs and the talented people. Of, he's going to take taxes. He's going to be a big burden on you. Most of the kings of the world, they all take, take. The beautiful thing about our king is that he is a giving God. Giving God. He gives. The kings of the earth take, but he is a giving God. What did he give us? What did he give us? He took, as we say in the... In the Tazbaha, we say he took what is ours and gave us what is his. And there's a very mysterious thing, the Sintelun may mean, so we'll save it for another time. He took the Old Testament worship. He took the Old Testament sacrifice. And he gave us something much better than the Old Testament sacrifice. He gave us himself on the, on, on the altar. And actually the mystery of Palm Sunday... If you see the mystery of Palm Sunday, the mystery of Palm Sunday is that he took them into Jerusalem. And if you followed the reading of the Pauline today, it's about the high priest who went into the altar once and for all, on behalf of all. He took us from outside, from lowly slave creatures, and he took us inside to the altar. He is the high priest. This is the mystery of Palm Sunday. And He gave us His body and blood. He made us, He took us slaves, unworthy people, and He made us priests and kings. You guys know that verse? He made us priests and kings. Now you are a priest and a king. Don't tell me, I'm not this, I'm not this. No, you are priests and king. You are priest and king. That is what the Lord Jesus Christ gave to us. That's why he is the best king. That's why he's the best. He's the best king because he's so powerful. Powerful deliverer. He's the best king because he is gentle and lowly. And he is the best king because he gave us a new nature. He gave us himself. And glory be to God forever. Amen.